0: It's Overexposed, the film photography podcast with me, Sasquatch Mansfield. I'm here to talk about BYOF yet again. The days are ticking away and slowly we will be at August 1st. August 1st, August 1st. Shoot a roll of film and then submit to our zine. BYOF, Bring Your Own Film is a global film zine dedicated to gathering film photographers from around the world to shoot on the same day. August 1st. Our goal is to celebrate film photography and increase the connection we have between all of us around the world that shoot that same medium. We know there's so much more going on in the world than what we see in our daily lives, and we truly believe we can increase our openness and understanding of others by seeing how others live and what matters to them personally. So grab a roll, August 1st, shoot it, and then if you want more information, you can go to byofzine.com. On this episode, I have Jesse Delisle and Olivia Pradas. They live in New Zealand together, and they're both film photographers. My first couple on a podcast. They, uh, they're just they radiate kindness and openness, and just they're they're good people. I'll, I enjoy them a lot. We had a good conversation about how much social media might be destroying us. So, you know, there's that. So without further ado, let's get into it. Guys, thanks so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, um, so you guys are in Wellington.
1: Yes. Mm? Yeah. Wellington, New Zealand. On the good old North Island. Because some people don't realize that New New Zealand's two islands. Oh. Geography, education.
0: Yeah. Very American over here. So. I love New Zealand, but I don't have a whole lot of information about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, most people don't. And to be honest, I've had to learn a lot from being here because I, I didn't. Mm. neither of us grew up here. So I'm originally yeah. from Hawaii as background. So originally American, although I probably don't sound as American these days. Um, so yeah, I grew up there. And then I moved to Canada when I was 18. Um, I have dual citizenship. So I went to university there uh, in Vancouver, UBC. Any other alumni out there? Um, and then met this guy?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so we met in Vancouver when was that? 2014. Um, and I'd been doing a bit of travel sort of in the years leading up to that, um, dating back to right as I was finishing my university degree. So I initially had been on an exchange program in Seattle. And at that point, I kind of realized how much I love the Pacific Northwest, and to this day, I'm still really keen to spend more time over there because I just yeah. love it. Um, although it's wet, cold, and uh, <laughs> can be yeah. very windy, like it is yeah. here in yeah. uh, it's it's an amazing place, and I just love. Uh, which we also get here, I love that kind of foggy pine tree temperate landscape that you get. Yeah, so it's a big one for me. Yeah, definitely not Yeah, life.
0: yeah I, that's that's something. Like I grew up in Austin, Texas, and so. There's really never any fog. It's mostly yep. hot. <laughs> uh, and so like those those like foggy, cool, like just giant trees, those kind of photos always are like, oh, I wish one day I could take one of those. <laughs> That's no. those look cool.
2: <laughs> and yeah. it's
1: funny, hey. Yeah. I
2: always have that feeling like every time I would see fog, I'm like, I just wanna get those shots with the trees <laughs> it's just there's something magical. There's something very raw and I think so visceral, very visceral. So, yeah. What well,
1: is a very fleeting thing? Like if you've ever gone out chasing fog, like you've got to get your timing right. Like oh, yeah. that that stuff doesn't linger around all day usually, you know, very yeah. rarely. So.
2: Well, that was like our last, uh, it's funny, we, we've we just been on a trip in the last few weeks to the South Island to new areas that I had never seen. And then obviously Olivia yeah, being me. even newer to New Zealand, hadn't seen it. And there were some moments where we were, we had a hired a car and, I have to rein myself in sometimes because Olivia says, okay, we're not here to just take photos. We've got to do a balance <laughs> of everything else, seeing new places, eating new foods and all this stuff. And yeah, yeah. I will sometimes like pick and choose like because I've learned, I've learned my limits now because I used to just do it all the time. But now I'm like, all right, we're stopping here. We've got to get a photo here. And that was, I remember distinctly one occasion we pulled right off the middle of the road in like a rural area and I could see the lines of trees with the fog. And it's just it's like Olivia said, it's, it's very fleeting. You've got to get it when, when it's there and otherwise it's yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah
0: <laughs> that um, my wife is so patient with me.
1: <laughs> you have to be. yeah.
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> so many times I'm just like, uh, well, yeah, no, I'm listening to you, but hold on. <laughs> I gotta, yeah. I gotta go get this
2: over here
1: yeah no definitely it's all the temptation is definitely always out there
2: yeah we know feeling well and i'm definitely the culprit when it comes to always seeing the shot and being like i gotta get the shot you know (laughs) have a have an ongoing habit of attempting to get better and better at not just hoarding photos which
1: i think we need like a personality test for photographers i think that would be really valuable because i think like that's what we've learned in our relationship um you know just our different approaches and attitudes with these things, you know, like Jesse's always been very much like quantity, like shoot a lot, like, you know, I've got to get every shot and you know, yeah. And I'm I'm more like minimalist with my my photography and I'm I'm more like, no, if it like really means something or really catches my eye, like you know, I try to be more mindful, I always say, with my photography. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'd be fascinating to see where, you know, where those little spider webs are of yeah.
2: different
1: shooting and you know. I'm yeah, sure well, someone can cu- build up a float chart or something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I Maybe. know for me, it's, um, I guess the way I've always looked at it for many, many years with my photography is I, I take it from that documentative approach. So like back when I used to shoot more regularly in urban areas and I wasn't so I was always in a position to go out, you know, exploring in a natural environment, which often involves having a car anyway. Um, in the urban environment, literally blink and it's gone right and I know the same applies in the natural environments but I feel like I learned from a very early age when I first started experimenting with photography like when I was still living with my mother that was kind of my approach because I realized quite quickly that things are always shifting which I think really kind of you know we'll probably be able to talk about this when you bring up those questions later (laughs) Um, you know that applies to the things that I've done in more recent years and, and my sort of tendency not to post for a while on Instagram and only be on the stories and then I'll go through these phases like while we were away on our trip I was shooting non-stop and as Olivia can attest it is like accumulating hundreds of photos in sometimes maybe two days <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: crazy yeah that's awesome how did how did you guys both start shooting film
1: so I guess I don't know it's a bit different for me in the fact that like photography has always been kind of around like growing up and, and growing up in the 90s like film was still a thing so like as a kid like I still have like lots of distinct like memories of you know like having your 35 just like disposable or you know or just you know crappy point and shoot you know and shooting it for fun you know with siblings like I you know have photos of like my cats you know and they're all dressed up or like have toys around them you know stuff like that so just like much like every day just kind of like hobby family style photography so great memories of that and like you know the favorite of course being like um I don't know if you had the same but Costco would be where we'd often get it developed at least like in the towards later uh, years before they completely stopped doing it just like the excitement of going and you, you know you search by last name right yeah. so they have the letter, yeah. and you find your family ones and you get the prints out and you know and there's always going to be like it's the I like that mix that they're like you know, there's funny ones, there's like great ones where everyone looks good. There's like the weird ones, like what happened there? Like, you know, and I I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So for me, it was like definitely like a a childhood nostalgia thing. I think why like I kind of enjoyed film. Hmm. Um, But yeah, we met um, at a photography meetup in Vancouver. So that was our, that was our, uh, the original Tinder, I guess that was our segue (laughs) to becoming a couple. So yeah. So we met uh, in real life, which was nice, and um, just started hanging out, you know, as friends, um, shooting, going, shooting, shooting <coughs> around Vancouver. It was clearly and some
2: mag- magnetic uh, stuff flying through there. The was, air, there was
1: something <laughs> there. You know, something there, but yeah, photography is what brought us together, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then eventually this guy asked me up for Valentine's Day, so that was our that was a bit a month after we met, so that was our first yep. date, and just got married this year for six year. Uh, anniversary for valentine's day so So photography yeah yeah Yeah, what i was going to get to is so when we started hanging out i i had already had like a film camera that i had been playing around with like in uni but being a uni student you don't have a lot of money and all these other factors so i wasn't investing a lot of time and energy into film in film at that time we were definitely like shooting predominantly digital but Mm. just slowly but surely i found as we kind of progressed through photography and um, we were huge on Instagram, like back in the day, like we used to host like monthly, like Insta meets and like, that was like, we just loved it. Like kind of the early days of Instagram, it really was like yeah. a great community. And there was a lot of kind of stuff like this, like connecting and networking, collaboration, and collaborating. Well, yeah. And like, yeah. yeah, it was just, I, I kind of feel for people who kind of only jumped on Instagram in the past couple of years, because it's just such a different culture and mm. environment and it's way more promo salesy and back then it was like Instagram when they were privately owned like they would send us like care packages yeah. like for our insta meets and they would have like name tags and like oh my shirt- gosh and like yeah. you know they would send us like thank you stuff like thank you for being part of the community and like they would put our photos in these like Instagram books that they would get produced and like yeah and they had this suggested user list back then which was like this like you felt like that that was like the end all but it was like you felt acknowledged and appreciated for like what you were doing on the platform which
2: was yeah it was almost like a for one of a better phrase it's like a tit-for-tat thing it was like okay you're part of this community uh continue to invest that time and collaborate and share and and explore because it's all about exploration right from an artistic and creative perspective and we can also provide you with stuff but then as olivia pointed out i think I tend to look at a lot of this stuff through the lens of like monetary value or not, and I think the money system just kind of came in and said, hmm, we're, we're going to start focusing yeah. on marketing and sales and strategy and well, how can big corporations bought, yeah. actually build their um, traction using this giant Conglomerate of Facebook and Instagram. So yeah, yeah. So
1: it totally shifted. And like I work in marketing, so I know how these things work. You know, it's kind of it's like Facebook. You know, and you, you know, early adopters had a great time building their communities, and then after a while, it became pay to play, right? You know, you mm-hmm. have to do ads oh, yeah. or you know get other other techniques in there to really get the reach. You know, like that's another thing for us. Like the organic reach is not what it used to be, and you know, when they changed the algorithm that that kind of messed with everyone's heads, right, because it wasn't chronological anymore. So kind of lived through that evolution. I think that as a silver lining kind of pushed us even more towards film because you know we saw the downsides of kind of putting all your eggs in Instagram and being you know absolute
2: digitization yeah
1: because yeah. we were big into like mobile photography like cuz back then it was kind of a really cool niche where you were like really trying to push the limits of your 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 mm. you know early smartphone and seeing how good of a shot you could get you know with your you know iPhone 4s and you know yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah to um to go back to you I think you asked about both of us starting film, for me, honestly, very similar uh, in terms of, like, going way back, like, growing up in the 90s as well. I felt like there was almost – I was tapping back into that initial influence that I had received as a kid because I remember the same thing. Like, we occasionally would get stuff developed and be buying disposable cameras. And I think – I don't know my mum was using – Probably was when I was a kid. I don't have any specific memories, but my grandfather's actually a professional photographer. So there's a link there as well. Oh, wow. Um, going, a film
1: photographer, too. Yeah, like I can really go into talented, that a bit more yeah. shortly,
2: but I just wanted <laughs> to. I think what kind of accentuated both of our reignition of film photography, um, because at this time we we've been started dating anyway. Olivia had her camera that she mentioned before from university and I sort of said, hey, like, if it's cool, do you mind if I go and start shooting with it? And so I started to get a bit keen on that Mm -hmm. at the time, which that would have been, I think, in 2014, going into 2015. And I think sporadically and progressively up to now, we've kind of just really, like, cascaded across our love for film photography and realised we like this more, you know, although it adds up. (laughs) <laughs> financially like it's just way more effective in many ways you know and going back to the roots of what photography is all about you know I think now more than ever we're kind of I think being asked to reflect more on the past not obviously attaching to it but just reflecting and actually learning from it and really taking opportunity like do we want to stay this way do we want to shift things or do we want to modify it in order to create something better and and, and new I suppose so That that kind mm-hmm. of idea of innovation which I think we're seeing in the film world of photography like you know they're starting to create all these new cameras, but I guess um tapping into these old styles and approaches, but actually incorporating a lot of new technology which we haven't really seen before, which I think is quite exciting
0: yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and like yeah there's there's something about the film community too that is um even even with Instagram the way it is now uh which I don't know if you guys know who uh Jaren Lehner Laner is or. I Think his last name is Laner. Uh he wrote a book called uh Ten Reasons Why You Should Delete All Your Social Media Now. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Yeah. But um, <laughs> um even even though with the like monetization of it and like how you know everything, everything is a sales pitch, it seems, and everything is, yeah, like you said, very salesy. Like the film community is still Pretty pure in yeah. in that scene. And there's there's just like there's joy to be had there. That yeah.
1: There's community. It, it, yeah, yeah, it gives me so much hope. Yeah. I think that's it. And I think that's always been the core of what we love about photography is, you know, beyond it being a personal art form, which it is, it is always deeply personal. It's it's the community side. That's how we met. You know, that's that's what kept us going for so long. Because before that, it, it was definitely more like, I think for both of us, more just like hobby and personal interest and mm-hmm. it was through that community that you realize no you can make it more if you want to you know and there was people yeah. you know helping to to um you know give you confidence you know and bolster you up and teach you stuff you know because that's that's you know film is one of those fields where it's never ending the learning right you know there's oh, always yeah. something you i'm coming across on twitter or otherwise being like whoa like Especially once you get into like darkroom stuff, which we're both, you know, very much novices in. But, like, it's like that's a whole other world, you know. Let alone just picking up a film camera. So, yeah. and that's what I love about it, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's it's never ending, and I think that's 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 one of the things that I've I really really enjoy. Um, it's like I'm pretty quick to get you know, intermediate on a lot of things. Like
3: mm-hmm.
0: I've always been just a fast learner and, um, I things that present themselves as more of a challenge. Um, those are the things that I just like latch onto. Cause it's like, it's so much harder for me to get past that. Like that, that level that I, I can, I can gain proficiency pretty quick, but then like to get past that to where I'm like, actually producing work that i'm like i really like what i did you know yeah. It's so like it's so rewarding it, it's like this crazy jigsaw puzzle that you're trying to like put together and then someone comes and like shakes it up every once in a while and yeah. you're like
1: oh. <laughs> that's definitely film yeah yeah because <laughs> that's the nice thing is even even quote-unquote like people who have mastered the art form you know you think of people that you know they're considered top of the field and you know Have you know award-winning photographers and stuff like that. You know, give them a different film camera they've never shot with, and there's a learning curve all over again. You know, give them a different format they haven't shot with. You know, give them a different film stock they haven't shot with. And Mm. I I think for maybe that's another personality trait of being a film photographer is you love learning. And I I definitely self-identify in that category. That kind of like I like the challenge and I like you know absorbing new info and learning new tips and sharing and engaging and yeah.
0: Yeah. More <laughs> yeah, I I just recently bought uh, a roll of, uh, I can't remember who makes it, but it is ISO 1.6.
3: Oh, wow, Whoa. yeah.
0: So I don't even know how to shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> it's sitting there waiting for me to do it, but I'm just like, I have to do a lot of math before I can get into that one, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, in 35 millimeter.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah yeah cool Oh, wow. no, yeah. that's, that's yeah and
0: it's a color negative which is really strange to me
1: interesting
0: so I don't know you basically have to like set up a tripod to shoot in broad daylight really crazy yeah but I don't know so back that's to Jaren uh, Jaren <laughs> Laner. probably saying his name wrong I don't really know that's what <laughs> Google's for yeah. people
1: can look it up
0: yeah uh, he has a very interesting uh, idea that uh, social media, in its current form, is corrupting us in, in causing um, society to break down over time. and if, if we don't get off of it um, and don't, don't reform like what the Internet is right now, because the Internet, like most people think of the Internet as like Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, Snapchat, maybe I don't know I'm not that young, yeah <laughs> um, but but all of these things are monetized, uh, like the, the the users aren't aren't the actual customers the mm. the users are the product, and yeah. then the customers are the ones that are paying for ads and like helping shape the brains of those products, which yeah. is kind of terrifying so <laughs> he proposes to just get off in all of it for 6 months and just be and exist and like and it's like it's resonating with me really hard right now but like but then mm-hmm. i battle with like okay well i have a podcast which social media is helpful to like spread that and then i also have a photography business so like maybe that would be helpful to have social media mm-hmm. so there's all these like
1: Pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: Like I would probably be a better person mentally and physically and just like emotionally, but I don't know, it's a it's a terrifying thing to jump into. Yeah.
1: It's uh, a huge dilemma and I think we really are at a crux of exactly that, of more and more people questioning, why, why am I here? And we've yeah. had many discussion about that, you know, because like I said, we've kind of seen that trajectory yeah. on a lot of these platforms. And especially yeah. when, you know, for myself, I have to use it for work anyway. So I feel like, gosh, like well, when I've done always, my work day, and then, then I'm logging up more personal hours. Uh, how yeah. much of my day was spent online, right?
2: Well, it's, it is very unique for you also, Olivia, because you are with a marketing background, right? So your whole work life is centered around awareness when it comes to marketing in the digital world, which as we've just mm-hmm. discussed is like, that's everything right now. And yeah. for me personally, like, like, like we've agreed, it's, it's been a really challenging landscape because in the last, what are we, in 2020, 2016, in the last four years, I've gone through a pretty significant journey um, relating to my mother getting sick then passing away and then starting my yoga journey, which has obviously tied in with every other aspect of my life, including photography. And especially with social media, because I'll tell you, like over the years, I've been plugged in through social media. <laughs> I have honestly, I think in recent weeks and months, I almost have a daily kind of dichotomy in my mind of like, am I going to go <laughs> this way and just stay completely off it? Or am I actually going to keep doing what I'm doing and continue to build better habits? And I, I'm reaching a point now, as Olivia will be able to tell you, that where I actually don't even wake up in the morning and get on my phone anymore. The only reason I would get on my phone is if it's dark and Olivia's still asleep and I'm not going to turn on a light. I'll use the flashlight and obviously <laughs> focusing on the alarms. Yeah. And the same applies at the other end um, when i go to bed. Like I literally will, will not get get on my phone if I'm in bed anymore. And used used to be on the sometimes on the daily. I'd wake up on the phone straight away and I just. Uh, I, do it now, and I've built almost a, a whole new pattern neurologically to prevent that from becoming an issue anymore. So yeah, anyone who's listening, like take the time, take the 21 to 30 days to rebuild that pattern in your mind. If you want to break the pattern of um getting off your phone first thing in yeah. the morning, first thing before you go to bed, because those
1: are big ones. That's for us. a massive yeah.
2: one that really wreaks havoc on your subconscious, because everything that we take in on the conscious level is then.
1: Well, especially with feeding all the bad news, you know, social yeah. media is a bit of, you know, they have that term now, doom scrolling, right? You know, Ooh, and, it's, and it's, and it's <laughs> exactly true that so many people log in and it's, you know, you're feeding off of the bad news, mm. you know, and it's, you know, terrible that, you know, anxiety can be addictive, you know, yes. like, you know, just seeing all the bad stuff and, And also because I think most people are genuinely compassionate, empathetic people,
2: we all have hearts,
1: we have hearts. (laughs) So we're naturally going to be affected by it. And then, you know, probably the next reaction, which is what we're seeing, seeing right now, with all the amazing social justice movements coming up that, you know, people want to speak out and do something. Mm. Um, But yeah, the struggle is asking, is social media the place to do it? You know, and I think it will always play a role but I think we're putting way too much weight in social media and not in the real world stuff. And that's Mm -hmm. that's the, the, yeah, the line that we have to draw and and remind people that, you know, I think too many people, their lives are online and that's, that's it, you know?
2: Well, I'll tell you what came up for me before, when we first started talking about this is um, not, I guess, widely discussed, but there's a lot of people that talk about we it's like essential in the context of what we're discussing that we have like an internet bill of rights.
3: Yes. Yeah. Because
2: that will immediately shift, I guess the dynamic and eliminate a lot of the potential for corruption, which I think is what a lot of this comes back to in the end is, you know, these Silicon Valley giants who are kind of, if you will, kind of monstrous in a monstrous way, kind of eating up the internet and saying, Oh, as we discussed before, like the internet is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc., etc., rather than, A giant online library Mm -hmm. because you really start to look at it for what it is, it's it's a
3: huge
2: opportunity to access all kinds of information. In fact, all information (laughs) that is out there is on (laughs) the internet, you know. So (laughs) yeah, we forget how easy
1: people forget anything you want to learn. You can figure it out on the internet. You want to build a house, someone can teach you to do it on the internet. I was just gonna (laughs) say that
2: you know, we hear these positive news stories occasionally you know, this African individual like gets online and and watches 20 videos. And all of a sudden he's, he's designed some new building and, and actually helped build it. And it's like, yeah. this is real folks. Like, yes, you can do this. Like, yeah, this is what the library used to be for. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's part of the internet that I think we forgot is what, mm-hmm. what are you using that information or knowledge or connection to do in the real world? And I think we need to go back to that. So like, for me, this is kind of awesome because we connected on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. we would have met if it weren't for the internet, you know, most likely speaking because um, we've never been to Austin it's on no. the travel list. But well, and that's, yeah. that's what I was
2: just going to say is at some point we can actually meet in real life, which what yeah, a crazy concept is normally yeah. you'd, you'd walk <laughs> down the street and you'd meet someone new, but now it's almost the yeah. other way around. You yeah. stumble oh. across someone.
0: Yeah, scene. 100%. Well, and then also like there's there's a really unique thing to it too. Because I mean, I have no problems with with meeting people online. I think that it's like it's a large part of my life actually um (laughs) and like networking and all that stuff um but but i I just wish it wasn't on those platforms anyway (laughs) but (laughs) but but the interesting thing is whenever you finally you know you've talked so much online and like i don't know my my general approach to social media or like pretty much all of life is just very open and like here's here's my guts like you can look at them if you want to like anybody can find out pretty much anything about me if they want to yeah um i mean within reason um but but so whenever you meet those people in person you're just you instantly are at home because because you've you've shared you you know each other probably possibly more than you would have in person because i think people are just kind of I don't know freer behind a keyboard Mm, they they also say some awful things behind keyboards but but yeah that's that's at least been my experience at least with the people that i've met um, uh, online and then in person it was just like
3: it's like coming
2: home you're like oh man we're friends this is good
1: (laughs) i'm feeling that with this Yeah. yeah
2: yeah Well, I just noticed an interesting synchronicity. Is that a tattoo on your wedding finger? Do, you, do you have finger?
1: ring finger oh. tattoos as well? I do. Yeah. There you go.
2: Yeah.
1: We we just got ours. Yeah. After we got married. Nice. I don't want the responsibility of having to wear a ring all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that could get messed up. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So I lost mine on our honeymoon. Ooh. Oh, that's um, a good
1: story. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And so, but but we already knew, like, we just bought, like, cheap rings for the ceremony. And then, oh. um, uh, yeah. So, it was like, uh, oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> nobody, yeah, yeah. Nobody was offended. Um,
3: yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah. And so, then we we always knew that we were going to get tattoos. Cool. I think it's, it's actually from a Ben Fold song oh. <laughs> that goes back to, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sitting, uh, I don't remember the lyric sitting on the porch with our tattoos that look like rings. I think that's the lyric. And uh Molly and I liked Ben Folds a lot, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. How long have you and Molly been married now?
0: Uh February will be 12 years.
1: Oh wow. So you're February as well. Oh, what date?
0: Yeah. Uh the 28th.
1: There you go. The cool. very
0: last day.
1: Yeah. Most awesome. Years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. Very cool.
0: Yeah, we've we've been together. Well, I don't even know since I was thirteen. I'm thirty.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you, and you're both from Austin.
0: Uh. Yeah. It's she she grew up just outside of Austin in yeah. Elgin, but yeah, a little hippie uh, town.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely. I really want like one of my my big trips that I want to do is the whole road trip like from you know bottom of Cali across to to Austin because yeah, yeah Austin takes a lot of boxes for me in terms of food and music and street art and yeah just yeah and just landscape because I'm I'm kind of like you where um, it's all about landscapes that you're not used to or attractive so for me like the whole like American Southwest is is really like appealing because you know mm. growing up watching you know a lot of the like old western movies and the, you know I think it's just something it like it's like classical Americana. Yeah. I think every American has to experience that at some point, you know. <laughs> Especially Texas. There's something about Texas that has its appeal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah it it definitely does. It's it's uh it was a hundred degrees today. Woo. Uh you know in the Fahrenheit.
1: Yes, um, I'm I'm bilingual in temperatures. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
0: good good <laughs> oh, on yeah. you.
1: By, by temporal, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, one of my absolute favorite places in the entire world, and I haven't really traveled as much, so I guess that doesn't say too much. But is uh, Big Bend, is uh, yeah. hands down like the most magical place I've ever been. And you know, I've I mean I've been to the mountains of colorado and like all over the u.s um but something about big ben it's interesting it, it feels it feels like a warm a hug from the mountains oh. it's just oh. like it's the best the absolute you best
1: feel like you're at home when you get there hey mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. It's a few like that. so where, where would be on your your travel list if you could go anywhere do you have a top destination that's on the the wish list that you're kind of aiming for
0: um so uh let's see next year
1: to move about the planet again
0: <laughs> yeah uh next year i'm going to japan awesome which i'm stoked for uh and then we have some friends that are moving to oaxaca mexico yeah. and uh up in the mountains in mexico and that sounds cool but new zealand's always been on the list always it's a good so. one to have
1: on the list yeah
0: you know i i think uh, you know peter jackson really put it on the map for a lot of people
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that was a lot of people's introduction to <laughs> oh there's some land down there <laughs> where is this middle earth yeah
0: <laughs> yeah but it, really anywhere like i i I never thought that I would enjoy traveling or anything like that. And also, like my previous career, it just didn't lend itself to traveling at all. And now, I can go anywhere and still work, and that's so freeing. And like so, yeah. The my my eyes are open to just seeing seeing the possibilities of life. It's really fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, congrats to that. Yeah. Does that, that job shift happen kind of around the pandemic? Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I um, yeah, I I got laid off because of it, and then I just started doing. uh, I do video work and like run Facebook ads for people.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Speaking of working for the big (laughs) giant
1: (laughs) dark side of all of it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um. Uh. Yeah, and so like doing doing. uh, what I really really enjoy is uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, workshops for. Like artists and things like that, and it's just so fulfilling to be able to give them a voice and like a platform and use the internet to make money. Which artists are so bad at making money, and like that's yeah. that's a huge passion for me is to make artists make money.
1: Yeah, oh, <laughs> help artists great. make money. Yeah, well, your wife is one, so yeah, mm-hmm. it
0: makes yeah. Sense. Little, a little bit of yeah. a personal thing there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make you money. Come on. Yeah.
1: I feel you as uh, married to someone who's very artistically minded as well. I'm like, that's a beautiful vision, but how are we going to pay the bills?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. It is yeah. tricky. Like, it's so tricky to pair art with monetization of art. Yeah. Um, like, um, for instance, a, a lot of people have trouble with, like, Jackson Pollock's or, you know, all this abstract art that's like, you know, what's the point? Why? Why is it like $2 million? Well, that's like the bastardization of like that realm. Like it's not necessarily worth $2 million. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, (laughs) I'm sure that whenever he was creating it, he didn't put that price tag in his mind. Yeah, It's it's the industry that's doing it.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly it. It's we've created an art industry and mm. that's the key word, you know, because it's no different than stocks or anything else, but the more popular it is, the price goes up. You know, yeah. it's like, economics 101. Yeah. Like I was having a good chuckle to myself. I think it was yesterday I was um, on Twitter. I love Twitter, by the way. Okay. I think Twitter is a, you know, it has its, has its, you know, quirks, but yeah, Twitter's great, especially for the film community. I find I actually connect with more film photographers on there. There seems to be, yeah, maybe it's just the way the algorithms work or something. But I
2: think just touch on your love for it, Olivia. I think there's an element of Twitter that kind of corresponds with some of the really, really old, like chat forums that really existed Mm. in the early, early days of the internet, and it's just really tapping into that kind of, I guess we could say, analog version of the internet. Like in its infancy, you had this. And I think that's why so many people are drawn to these kind of chat forum-based websites like Reddit and Twitter and, you know, they're, they're almost in a way like the, the visible underbelly of the internet because some of the f- worst and most, you know, effed up happens in those places
3: <laughs> and it's
2: available for everyone, yeah. you know, but let's be real, like some of the most important and valuable information can come out of those yeah. places, you know, and yeah. to, to sort of Speak very briefly about a controversial <laughs> subject for a second. Jesse's like,
1: not good at speaking briefly, by the way. <laughs> I am
2: because I know it can and divide people. Like rain event, yeah. Um, <laughs> but,
1: you
2: know, first thing that comes to my mind in recent years is this whole Q thing that came out of HN, which HN no longer no longer exists in its initial form. It's become a Kun, and like there's people who claim that a Kun is basically supported completely by the Department of Defense, and that makes you start to ask some really fascinating questions. Another
1: rabbit hole.
2: (laughs) Like I say, we don't have to go on about that, but it's like we have to ask questions. Like people make these kinds of claims and the information's out there around that. Like there's something going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. it is. It is interesting. The role that, yeah, like we all know, thanks to The Simpsons and many other things about, you know, NSA and using, you know, things like social media to, you know, access our information. Surveillance,
3: yeah. You know, yeah. there
1: was that Cambridge Analytica, you know, documentary that came out. And, you know, these things I think are important because it does open our eyes to, like you said, kind of this darker, you know, maybe, you know. We say darker, but, you know, just kind of the, the cogs behind the surface. Because yeah. like you said, I always say, you know, and I remind Jesse, you know, if it's free, you are the product. Yeah. Bottom line, you know, there's, you yep. know, no such thing as truly free, right? They're getting something out of you, whether it's data mining or, you know,
2: We're well, selling figure. you ads,
1: you know, right? Yeah. Your eyeballs, you know, if that ad hits your eyeballs, that's dollars in their back pocket. So. Totally,
2: yeah. yeah. It's a wild world, a wild <laughs> west, if you will yeah well it
0: it really is and like i don't understand twitter i people have told me that i would enjoy it or be good at it or whatever because i like writing and you know but man i can't get into it but i do love reddit
1: yeah reddit reddit's pretty great yeah i used to be (laughs) a lot more big into it but then it just becomes once again it's like is this where I'm going to spend all my time? Like it's so easy to just go down this thread and then this thread. Mm-hmm. And then oh, like yeah. four hours later, you're like, what have I done with my day?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause Reddit is all comments. Like it doesn't really matter what's like the main post, but then you're just like going into comments cause that's the best part.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, it is a very interesting thing. And I, I like what you brought up, Jesse, the like um, questioning things. We have to question everything, yeah. And we're uh, part of
1: that in this household,
2: <laughs> arguably too much. But yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's such a thing because
1: yeah.
3: the thing
2: that you've just brought up in my mind is, you know, that's kind of the the ancient approach to science, right? If we yeah. look at science, this is what these these like historical figures did, you know. And when you start to actually learn, I guess, more of the holistic history of some of these individuals, they were actually considered mystics and mm-hmm. scientists which begs the question well <laughs> what is science you know is it actually another way of talking about spirituality you know so it's i don't know <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah and in in so many of those people that did question things were uh their lives did not go according to their plan <laughs> that's yes. right yes. Well, to say yeah. that right um yeah. and I, I think a lot of people are nervous to question things probably because of some of that like you know, whether it just be social backlash or sort of like, well, you know, you're an idiot. Everybody knows this. Everybody yeah. knows the the sun revolves around the earth, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, actually doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. yeah, I was laughing at the Galileo example. Uh, you know, science has gotten it wrong in the past, you Many know, times. like in terms of popular science, you know. Yeah, yeah that's that's the thing that you know it's always a new nuanced landscape you know there's never never one one answer and that's what science is about it's about trying to like conglomerate all these different perspectives and reach a consensus
3: yeah
1: just because 90 percent say at a certain time frame that this is what we think it's still open to change you know maybe the variables are for other factors or it's on a a a you know, broken foundation. Cause that's, that's, I think the struggle with any perspective and that's, we're guilty of it in personal beliefs that when you have these kind of hidden biases or you've grown up in a certain Petri dish, so sort to of speak, whether that's your community or your country or whatever else, you're going to see the world a certain way. So of course it's going to affect the outcome, yeah. how you live and, you know, what you speak about and everything else.
2: It's all about your perception.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah which is just another, another reason to get off Social media, because it it might be affecting your brain, and then you you're you're just part of the sheep, you know, yeah. that are all you know in the same.
1: Well, it's probably you know we talk keep talking about the mental health epidemic, and mm. we're quick to look for solutions, but no one seems to be shouting social media might be the problem, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah does it creates a lot of issues in terms of comparison culture you know so it's very keeping up with the joneses you know because we're now in this global living room where you can see how the filthy rich live and how the ultra you know baseline poor are living and you know and it creates this spectrum of you know oh well i don't have the latest this and that so i'm not doing as well but then you know but then there's you see the worst of the worst of the world and then you think you get a bit of guilt from how you're living and Mm. One big messy seesaw,
2: which I think I don't know. I personally think it's the best. It's I mean I think in in our in our own ways we're all going through like some real big shifts this year. Like you know let's be real twenty twenty vision twenty twenty <laughs> hindsight like it's all it's all happening. And uh, <laughs> I can't help but feel this sense of as as painful as it is for a lot of people. You know like we've we've, we've we're kind of learning that you know suicide rates have climbed in in recent months. But it's COVID related stuff, and it's like are we actually at that point now where we're going to start talking about these real important issues around, as Olivia said, mental health? And, you know, it is quite fascinating to kind of look at the bigger picture of why it might be happening and questioning, well, perhaps it's our opportunity to actually bring all that darkness up to the surface and actually Mm. have a conversation around it and then actually turn around and say, well, what are we now going to do with all this information we have around these arguably grotesque and horrible things that are going on, which let's be real, like, I can see why a lot of people don't want to address this stuff, but it's like we're given—we've been given this opportunity to actually like have the conversation and then take it a step further and act on it, you know. And I, I know I'm—you mm. know—at some sometimes I'm not doing the best I can with that, but it's that's part of the journey, isn't it? Is—is is doing what we can to unravel well, the, more. Well, being
1: informed is always the first step to change, right? If you don't know an issue exists, then you're not going to be able to, you know, support it or, or you know, help. It. And I think that—that's that's a lot of what we're seeing is we're you know, exactly that. We're unveiling a lot of stuff that's existed for so long that, you know, unless you were affected by it, you didn't, you didn't really, it it didn't even register on your day to day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and when you don't address it or, or even acknowledge it, then it, it actually has power over you because, because you're oblivious, you're oblivious to why you're, you're, you're in such a terrible mood that day or, You just, you know, maybe I just want to lay in bed today. Okay. (laughs) That's just what I want to do. But, but there's other, other factors at play there. Um, And I I love, I love, um, I love mindfulness and that that it it causes you to acknowledge those thoughts and those feelings and those emotions and things like that. Acknowledge them. You don't have to necessarily do much with them, but you just kind of like observe them. And, like yeah. I like that approach so much, like Agreed. it gives you so much power to be the observer, not the the oppressed,
2: yeah absolutely. or the, or the or the um what's the word, way to put it like or taking the reactionary
1: yeah, becoming the oppressor because you're not aware of what's yeah. bogging you down, so you're you know you might be more snappy or you know whatever it may be because
2: that's that's what i've I've really started to notice more, and i know i I still have my moments where I'll you know talk and talk and talk but it's it's like once you actually start to be silent and you you give give the uh the table to another person or other people you can actually start to build an awareness of who that person is not in necessarily a good or bad way but it's like you are taking that observational standpoint of like okay i'm just i'm just going to be literally be being embodiment and and, you know standing in my own sovereignty and allow this person to bring what they have to the table and you know that that's where the dynamic really gets fascinating because you know you, you then you feel your own biases building up and you want to then get emotional with the person but it's like hang on if I do that then I'm just creating a worse problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Given Karen what she wants.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. There's so much power in not reacting. Yeah. Yeah. Huge.
3: Yeah. yeah. And
0: that's good. And also, <laughs> uh, oh. Jesse we're both big fans and, and Olivia you might be as well but um, about Wim Hof yes
1: Jesse's definitely the, the big fan
0: yeah
1: okay. uh, I, enjoy I enjoy Wim Hof but Jesse Jesse has a dedicated breathwork practice so he's yeah. a, um, yeah, he gets his own supply regularly yes. <laughs>
2: good yeah I recommend that to anyone uh, whoever's listening for sure uh, look into it because What I will say about that approach, uh, I guess, from a more holistic perspective is that you actually unlock a lot of locked energy that's in the body and the mind. So it can be confronting, but I think given everything that's going on right now, this is an opportunity to really step (laughs) into that. You know, if, if you're being confronted by everything outside, come back in and allow yourself to be confronted by the self, you know, your own depth, because... I'll tell you what, you don't need to see and do anything out there. You've got more than enough in here. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, plenty
3: to work on right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
2: a, it's a journey and I know I've still got a lot to unravel myself and I think um, as this year continues to progress, I feel a strong sense of like there's a lot more coming out from within, yeah. which is which is both confronting but really exciting. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anybody that doesn't know, Wim Hof. Wim Hof, uh, yeah.
1: just um, his voice. If you just watch him on YouTube like from an entertainment perspective, I just think he's such a gem of a guy, yeah, uh, he's just high on life, like just living it up, like making the most of it like he he is a role model in that sense, mm-hmm. he's just yeah. doing something being wacky, weird, and wonderful <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah he's he's definitely himself completely, yeah. and I Com- love that so much, yeah, um, he's Danish, is that right? I believe he's Danish,
2: so yeah. The Netherlands, yeah. Denmark, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in, yeah. Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: wonderful accent. I love it so much. Um, uh, he, so he's known as the Ice Man. Uh, he climbed, he climbed Mount Everest in his shorts, no shirt, just his shorts. And then um, he has, he has this breathing technique um, where he has mastered being able to regulate his internal temperature. And so he'll be submerged in ice um, and then they'll have like, you know, electrodes and all that stuff on him, monitoring how his internal temperature and then he'll, that will actually rise instead of go down whenever he's in ice for like, you know, seven hours or what, however long he was. Um, he's, he's just a very, very interesting guy. Very, very, very interesting person. Um, yeah. And, uh, You know, I I was never able to hold my breath that long, and then I started doing his breath work, and within like you know two days, you're at like two minutes holding your breath. Like it's really easy to get to two minutes, and it's so wild to like think that you can hold your breath for two minutes with absolutely no air in your lungs, like Mm. everything's out, and then you're holding your breath for two minutes. That's like my. I just
2: I love (laughs) the fact that especially with my journey uh, sort of stepping into the world and uh, I guess the the lifestyle that is yoga, because that's more than a lifestyle actually. Um, The one thing I really love about what Wim Hof is doing is he's looking at these ancient teachings through the lens of science. So he's actually uh, addressing these breathing concepts and techniques Mm. that he's literally kind of modified them slightly, which actually stemmed from various areas sort of the himalayan region stretching from like india all the way across into sort of what is technically china i suppose um, and literally these some of these breathing techniques are like i would probably say hundreds of thousands of years old but that brings into question a lot of other things around our history <laughs> um, You know, These are practices that have been done for many, many years and and the direct reference I heard from some other people who've kind of looked into his method and actually turned around and said, well, he's just taken this idea from others. What they highlighted is that various people like teachers, monks, gurus would go into these caves through the Himalayan regions and they would live out their life there. And that's one of the ways that they stayed warm was actually incorporating these techniques, which has now become the Wim Hof method. So it's it's really quite fascinating to look at it through that lens of, he's just reigniting a very ancient idea. Mm. Um, and he's kind of, because of his own personal journey, he's kind of taken it on and said, well, you know, this is for everyone, we can all agree, you know, you watch his videos, He he's not just owning the idea, he's actually saying, this is for all of us, like, we have the opportunity to raise the consciousness of the planet and raise the consciousness of each other and ourselves. And it's I'm just there thinking, hallelujah, we've got someone here who's like got this crazy, wild, but fun personality. (laughs) Yeah. And he's bringing in so many people because the thing that I'm noticing a tangible effect of that because I actually do his, um, this is a bit of a plug for for Wim Hof, (laughs) but on his page on Instagram, he actually has a guided meditation version of three rounds of the practice. So for anyone who's interested in checking it out, go on there. And I keep seeing the numbers rise. The views of that video keep rising. It's now at around five hundred and twenty thousand. And I can tell that there's various people like myself who just keep referencing it and utilizing it. And it's like that to me proves that he's moving mountains, you know, literally yeah. and metaphorically. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so cool. Uh it's it I I I first found out about him um through Joe Rogan's podcast, he was on Joe Rogan, yeah. and I was like, "This guy's insane. He's <laughs> legit insane." And then I tried it, and then I was like, "Oh, nope. Yeah, this is real." Yeah. <laughs> this
1: well, is- he. A lot of people forget he he did that experiment where he was like in a hospital with like you know all the white coats you know monitoring him and he got you know injected with that I think it was a virus. Mm. Um, that was like, apparently like quite, you know, quite serious, you know, could prove lethal or whatever. And he fought it off their breath work. Yeah. And it's like, you know, once again, like that, that's hitting a lot of interesting crossroads in medicine that we haven't really walked down yet. But I think given the times we're yeah. in, we should be, you know, talking about this more, you know. Yeah. Like, I have to say, in terms of pandemic response, how disappointed I've been that, like, we haven't been talking about the things that you can do to boost your immune system. It's all about masks and wash your hands and the gloves and and all that's great and wonderful and important. But, like, what about eating your fruit and veg, getting out and exercising, looking after your mental health? Because we all know stress is a killer. So if you're really bogged down, like, everything starts dropping. You're not going to be able to fight something off. So. And obviously, prevention, you know, I think unfortunately, growing up in America, I know how unhealthy of a, a country it can be to certain degrees, you know, in terms of food and everything else, so oh, yeah. you know there's a lot of kind of like you know connections to lobbyists and everything else that you know they can they can only say so much, yeah. but yeah, I think we we need to start pushing for our leaders to really be that, you know and say you know how 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 do we you know increase our health and well-being not just now during a pandemic but every day moving forward. Yeah. So we, you know, really chase true health and well-being. I,
2: think, you know? I feel like there's a rising wave of awareness around all this though, you know, maybe it's just me, but the fact that we're even talking about this in the context of this podcast says that, you know, that it is a rising wave because yeah. um, I see all these different people talking about the power of the breath, the importance of the breath, which, you know, people have known this for thousands of years. However, the, you know, collectively we're starting to remind ourselves, I think, through this whole COVID situation, which I would say it's a blessing in disguise, you know, <laughs> and I'm not going to dispute, people have suffered, it's been horrible, but let's look at the positive for a second and realise we're actually being physically and tangibly given this opportunity right now to say what actually matters, like if we're not breathing, Clinically, we're dead, you know, and I think obviously that's its own separate debate, but let's be real, like if you stop reading, people start to think maybe. There's, there's this, a few
1: anomalies who are able yeah. to, you know, sustain yeah. a, no heartbeat for a while and come back. But, but you yeah. know, the bottom line for me is
2: we are being given this opportunity now to actually yeah. think about what is truly important. Like everything is, you know, and then I think about the word inspiration, like when you start to break that apart etymologically, that's you're being in spirit, being inspired by something, you are in spirit, you know, without sort of looking through the lens of dogma or anything. It's, you know, yeah, if you're inspired by something, well, that's a great thing. That means you're in spirit, you're operating the way we're meant to be operating basically. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, that leads me into uh, (laughs) a question. Look at this master of the segue. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You knew what you were doing. Um, (laughs) Maybe <laughs> do, you, do you guys have um, a, a person or, a, you know, uh, it could be music, it could be books or, you know, whatever, um, or, or a specific artist that inspires you outside of photography? Because I think we can all like, it's easy to be like, yeah, Gary Winogrand or, you know, someone. We're like, yeah. we love this photographer, but someone outside of
2: that.
1: You want
2: to kick that one off? Sure. Um, I have had to think about this because I know you, you sent through these questions previously. Yeah. Mason's very um,
1: kind that way. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: um, I find I have thought about this, and I, I think I'm going to put myself on the spot and hold myself accountable. I think I would actually say that God is really where I'm truly inspired. Um, I, I did initially go to a Catholic boys' school, and many many years I've I've gone through all these shifting mindsets especially with my yoga journey on like where do I stand what am I and how am I allowing myself to be governed and I think I can finally say with confidence that yeah God is I think the most inspiring aspect of my reality you know and I know people are gonna take the opportunity to label this their own way like it's not just God it's divine intelligence there's many different ways you can label this divine um, aspect of our reality so yeah I think that's that's the more and more that I listen to new music, the more and more that I continue to absorb myself with breath work and the yoga practices. That's kind of, I guess, the one thing that I keep coming back to. You know, is being inspired, literally and metaphorically, <laughs> through that divine entity that's out there. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and in 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 what ways? So, like, other than just it being this this big divine energy, everything.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> Specifically, I would say definitely through music. Mm. Um, I, as Olivia knows well, I get quite uh lost in the world of sound. Um uh, I've recently talked about, you know, I go into environments where there's a lot of sound and it can be quite off-putting for me. Um I do love it, but I have to then rein myself back and say, Mm. is this actually conducive to who I am at the core? And then I guess on the other side of that, you know, like I'll sometimes be around the house doing my errands and stuff and I'll have the earphones in listening to music and Yeah, that really inspires me in a lot of ways, and I'm I'm realizing more than ever before that I can't just listen to any music anymore. I have to be very mindful of what I choose because I know from my background in music that I actually am quite sensitive to the vibrations. Which you know, it's all vibration.
1: (laughs) Jesse has very sensitive ears. Yeah. Yeah. So like big, loud, honking cities, not where he should be. (laughs) No,
3: unfortunately.
0: yeah i'm I'm quite the opposite. I have like some pretty major um hearing damage from playing music actually <laughs> so <Anger. Yeah. laughs> you know but yeah man, that's good. I like that a lot um yeah because there's the all you you're going to the top <laughs> you kind of played the trump card there. <laughs>
1: do i even follow up from that it's like no, you, just, exactly. you just took the, the biggest thing in the the world you know god here's my number one yeah yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: um yeah well music's definitely a shared shared interest for for us so i think that's yeah that's another common thread for us and that's yeah endless inspiration like jesse was saying once you get into music because you know there's experimental side like one thing I was contemplating recently it's just like you know back in the day like it was a huge thing for a new genre of music to be created right you know when they talked about when rock and roll created was created Mm -hmm. and how like earth shattering this was and controversial and and all these factors and now it's like there's like a new genre being created like by the day by the week you know people are just dabbling in their bedrooms dabbling in their you know their houses and music studios and coming up with new sounds and layers and even instruments you know constantly and i think that gets lost in the noise of everything going on that we kind of we we don't appreciate the the innovation and creativity that really is out there
3: yes yes
1: the access to things you know we only get you know what's popular makes it to the forefront you know you turn on any radio you're gonna hear what's popular but it's oh man it's endless like when you hop on spotify and you start going down like the you know the suggestions list and everything and music rabbit oh, hole That's a good kind of rabbit yeah hole. that's a great rabbit hole because you're just reminded how much talent there is in the world and so yeah i'm always inspired by that and um yeah, we love, like, one one thing we, pre-COVID world, we were going to was, like, monthly moon drumming circles. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, we just bring bring some drums and hang out around this beach bonfire. And once again, a community. So that's, once again, a core thing that we always attracts us to, like, what we do. But it was just a great place to, like, meet other, like, some of them are professional musicians. Some of them are, like, sound healers. Some of them are just people like us that just, like, love music and jamming out, like, you know, we both play guitar. We have a couple of guitars lying around and a few other instruments. And so we just we just like creating. You know, that's just one thing that that we enjoy. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's nice when you meet other people on the same wavelength and you learn from them, you know, what they're yeah. doing, and you pick up some other tips. Um, but, yeah, and then I guess the other on, like, a broader card would be people who just, like, um, I don't know, kind of like we were saying Wim Hof is just, like, really, like, wacky and weird. He's, like, not afraid to experiment and, like, dive into himself, like, that always inspires me, like, which I think spills over into film and reminds me, like, it's okay to experiment. Like, I think with photography, and a reason why I like film more is, like, the flaws are kind of celebrated in, in film versus, I think, especially with social media, it's all about this perfection culture and having the best shot and the most crisp and the best composed. and yeah. And, yeah. and And there is, like, very much like a like a algorithm to having likable content on Instagram. We all know it, like certain shots, you're just like, oh, that's, you know, clickbait, basically. It's a beautiful shot and you can see why, but it's soulless and it's like boring and yeah, and it's easy to fall in that hole because you know you're going to get engagement, But yeah. but what is really the meaning and inspiration behind it? Real and intention. so- yeah. So I like people who in any field, they're in experiment and they're, they're okay with, you know, rattling some cages and trying something different. Like this is going back to film. So I'm probably breaking the rules of the question, but there was like recently a, a film photographer. I feel bad. that I can't remember her name now. Um, but anyway, you can look her up, but she did a mental health series where she did like a large format, um, uh, self portraiture. And then she shocked it with electricity. I don't know if you saw no. but it, but created this okay I have to look her up because she just okay. like the experimental side and the the fact that she had to sit down and like think this through like you know in terms of safety and like all these other
2: yeah. factors
1: the execution and there are some of the most beautiful film self-portraits I've ever seen
2: yeah um, while, while you're doing that Olivia I'll just touch on something that you've kind of alluded to um, have
1: I inspired you <laughs>
2: you have indeed <laughs> um I guess kind of looking at it more through the lens of I guess health and wellness is it's kind of stepping into that authenticity of not being afraid to do something um, which inadvertently results in being unafraid to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. so that's a big thing that I'm learning a lot more about and I've got this book kind of at the top of my list I Mm -hmm. I think it's really drawing me in because it's it's sitting at the top of a pile over on our um Bookshelf right now. It's called What is it? The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a book that talks basically specifically about trauma. So of course, you know, this could really rattle feathers for people who have stuff that's going on for themselves, but it's um it's considered a really important book in the world of health and wellness, um, in terms of understanding what trauma is and the fact that we actually all have our own versions of it. And like the example I always provide to prove that we are all experiencing it at all times, potentially is that, uh, you know, the moment we're born, you know, we, we come out of the womb and we have to actually take a breath using what is considered a normal function of our being. But in that moment, in that initial moment, we're not used to doing that because previously we were attached to this cord in our belly button area and of course, that is no longer happening. So we actually have to go. <laughs> <gasps> you know, and I know oh it sounds kind of wild to think about it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> How you that
1: dramatically? like I'd be so spooked
2: out. Well, apparently, like, it's imagine
3: literally
1: if one that's of your th- first time seeing your baby, and you're just like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: apparently it's one of the biggest breaths we ever take. Which um, I need to check whether that's scientifically correct, but I, I have heard that it's one of the larger breaths we ever take in our life. Is that first breath? So huh. that kind of, to me, paints a powerful picture of. Who we really are on the kind of physical level, at least, and how much we take for granted. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. I found her name. So her name's Kate Miller Wilson.
3: Okay. And
1: I, I think you can meet, uh, I don't know if you can see it. But oh, that's,
3: that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, like she does, all. it's us. Uh, this, this is fun trying to show some, someone over <laughs> you. You'll have to look her up, but like, yeah. yeah like incredible stuff like yeah it's hard to really hard to see but yeah
3: anyway,
1: yeah check her out but amazing portraiture um and also talking about an important theme as well which i think yeah, yeah really,
0: yeah i think um well two things music yes definitely guys music <laughs> um like a whenever i don't know what to do or i'm bored I get on Spotify and I make a playlist. Um, and sometimes it'll—I'll be making a playlist for like five hours.
1: Wow, yeah, that's great. And
0: then my wife would be like,
1: "Time for bed. Let's go to bed." <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> bed. Okay. But like, it's—it's it's such a fill for me, and it's like, I get in this groove where I'm just like pulling from you know past past songs or like, ooh, this is a new song that I'm listening. You know, whatever.
3: Yeah. So, yes.
0: Um, and then knowing yourself and being—that's
1: you part of like a childhood thing. Like, were you the person who used to make like mixtapes, or like, were you big into like you know ripping, torrenting music and like coming up with albums? Then. Oh,
0: I never stole music, ma'am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to admit it now. <laughs> only,
0: only all the time. But yeah, see, karma has a way of coming back around because I had like. 200 gigs of music. Oh wow. I definitely yeah. stole music. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um and and then that hard drive died and I lost all of my music. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it it came freely and it left freely and I was happy for its time with me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Good attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but now I have Spotify. All of music. So, we're good. But really? yeah. So much. Uh, I would make mixtapes all the time. Um, My brother and I actually used to do like a weird radio show together. Like we would make CDs and like pretend like we had a radio show. That's awesome. That's a memory that I didn't know I had, but you brought it up.
1: No, I love thinking about that that time of life because I I was the same. Like I think about it now. It's like, oh my God, the hours I used to spend Mm. torrenting stuff and getting it organized (laughs) and then sitting there and having to like, categorize it and then burning an actual cd and like my oldest sister at one point even had like a cd burning business because back when it was like the like cutting edge you know and so it would like you would like burn cds for friends and like you know and she had the label maker and everything like <laughs> yeah those those were fascinating times
0: yeah absolutely yeah because then you would like if you didn't have the fancy label maker, then you would, you would have to take a Sharpie and then you get creative with the, like, the front side of the, the CD. Ooh.
1: Cool album name for your mixtape. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what's an absurd thing that you guys have or an unusual habit?
1: We have lots. That was honestly the hardest question yeah. you sent. I was like, where do I even begin?
0: <laughs> I love that though. Some people, <laughs> some people are like, huh, hmm, I don't have any, like oh, yeah. you're lying. You do. Yeah. You definitely do.
1: <laughs> definitely. Unusual no.
2: habits. Um, yeah. This is when I did struggle to figure out um, Unusual habits. what's something that comes to mind. Oh, actually. So I, up until recently, because it's obviously winter here in New Zealand right now, uh, I had only been taking cold showers since like last year. So yes. obviously, can off and what he does, um, and I still kind of swear by it. But there are moments where I just I need to get some of that hot water before I get hot <laughs> water. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of I guess somewhat unusual. Like a lot of people find that really hard to do and challenging. So um, that's the one that comes to mind right now. Man, it's, we're we're friends. I- <laughs>
0: I don't. I don't take cold showers regularly, but I. I also. Um, I mean, I used to. I really. Yeah, the winter is so hard. Yeah. It's so hard but to do it during winter, the winter
1: weather. No problem. Cold shower probably sounds like a blessing, but
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> winter rolls around, you start going. Ugh. Yeah. But we have not We actually have been doing some winter cold water dips, like yes. in the ocean, which. Yeah. Oh, good a couple of years ago I probably would have thought, Why am I doing this? But it's been really nice and it's yeah. and it's honestly I think it's it's I don't know, maybe maybe we are in the crazy boat now, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Like I've I've been surprised. Like you thought surely you'll be like shivering by the end of it but mm. maybe it's because we have the yeah. tools of awareness we do now about like controlling your breath and surrendering to it and all these other things that it's a really pleasant experience. So
2: I feel like I have to bring this up now you <laughs> said it Olivia. So one thing that I keep talking about with people who are like what are you what are you doing you're, you're a nutcase. <laughs> um, I believe and I think it's probably more than just my belief that there's a lot to be said around we are electromagnetic living beings and the idea that of course the natural seawater is also electromagnetic and when you actually put the two together there's this massive ionic reaction that occurs on a a sort of scientific level so people talk about this idea of oh you're getting a reset when you go into the cold water that I think there's a connection there. Connections—another word that kind of, I guess, is quite relevant in that regard. But yeah, I don't know all the science, but the I know time, that there's yeah. something there. So that's crazy.
1: Yeah, definitely, it definitely makes you feel good. Like, you know, I w- always like, you know, we we can throw around science so much. I think, in some, I have to say this, but I think in some regards, <laughs> science has become the new religion. Like, we have to back yeah. everything up with science, and we need evidence. Yeah. And it's like, what happened to if it feels good and you're not? you know harming anyone else do it like i don't need science to know that taking a dip in cold water just feels great and it boosts my mood and you know and it's nice to connect with nature and all these you know what used to be considered kind of hippy dippy concepts it's like personal
3: lived experience always
1: trump (laughs) science (laughs)
0: yeah
1: it feels good do it like come on (laughs)
0: yeah I, i i do really enjoy uh my wife and i are both pretty crunchy um and so i'm i'm really enjoying that like hippie culture is like kind of being elevated like absolutely like um you know 7 years ago 8 years ago it was so hard to find like you know kale chips totally <laughs> so hard yeah and now it's just like you know or
1: almond milk even or you yeah. know just some of the basics, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of the oh, basics. Honestly, it's been amazing. Yeah. Your
0: here your, your hippie starter set. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. You know, reusable water bottles, like keep cups, like all this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, they're everywhere now. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing though. Yeah, we're we are hundred percent here for the the hippie uh, renaissance. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna be smelly but it's <laughs> it's definitely gonna it's gonna impact a lot of people that's
1: the thing it's like the hippie 2.0 because it's like it's it's like taking all those stereotypes and kind of putting them on the head because you know it's exactly like destroying a lot of those myths about what the hippie you know movement was all about like you know it's not about not wearing deodorant but it's about not putting on the crappy stuff that you know has aluminum in it like yep. you know so yeah I'm 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 pretty excited about you know where removing in that sense you know with the products available and the food and you know just people being more conscious and mindful of what you're buying and how you're living and where you're working and reassessing everything question it all
0: (laughs) yeah do you make your own deodorant is that a weird thing
1: that could be a weird thing and we have done that so yeah i i was big into making my own deodorant for a while um and we still have some I'm I,
2: I'm using it yeah. not every day, but I definitely use it. I know you, you, yeah. feel like well, you I made sound, a bad mix and uh, didn't want to keep using uh, it too much. Well there was
1: one there was one where <laughs> I think
2: about the ratios
1: off and I was like it just it just didn't feel quite right. So yeah, yeah, I found a brand here. They have this really cool like zero waste brand and it's like this beautiful like rose scented one. So I've been hooked on that for a little while.
3: Nice uh,
1: but yeah, we're, we're into big into the DIY stuff. So I love my like essential oils. We make our own like, you know, like body sprays. And like, we like lately we've been getting into like spritzing it on the pillows before we go to bed, mm. like like the lavender and all you know, and it's just stuff like that where it's like, man, why not make your home your own spa? Like, you know, you think yeah. of people they have to like create these special experiences to unwind. And I'm a big believer, like, no, bring that stuff into your home, make it a daily routine. Like, You know we like you know we always like where we invest our money so to speak and splurge is like the nice stuff like good food like good soaps like stuff that like really like helps boost you up like Mm. other than that like we're quite frugal and thrifty and like you know
2: i've learned a lot i'll tell you what when i think (laughs) about when i think about my childhood and some of the habits i had as a kid. I'm, I'm very grateful. Yeah,
1: Jesse definitely grew up in a more consumerist culture. You know, Sydney, Australia, it's very like, you know, you got to look good and you got to have a, you know, sweet paying job and, you, you know, and it's kind of those social circles. And
2: there's yeah. a lot of unlearning and relearning in my, yeah. in my most recent sort of pretty much since we met actually back in 2014, this whole new part of me started opening up. Which is really- <laughs> That's good. Yeah.
0: Well, we do too. We also make our own deodorant. So
3: yes. it's not
0: weird. Uh, see, I'm really not the one to be asking the weird question because, like, I probably have more weird things that we
2: do.
1: Oh, yeah. I uh, like voices and, like, nicknames. Like, Jesse, I don't know how many oh, nicknames yeah. you have. Like, you know, like... <laughs> sh-
2: we, we call each other various things. and Yeah, other people we're always coming up like with one new one ones. Day, like, so. you know.
1: <laughs> and we'll just, like, say them in public. Like, you know, showed it across the grocery store. Like, hey, dingus, what do you want? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But you mm-hmm. gotta have fun in any relationship. I think Absolutely. that's the, that keeps people together. Once Weird. you start taking it all too serious, that's that's the downhill slope. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. Could not agree more. I mean, my nickname, Sasquatch, yeah. Comes from my wife. Yeah. So yeah. What?
1: Is there is there a story to how you got it?
0: Just my wife started calling me it. <laughs> I started yeah. calling her, so her name is Molly, and then I started calling her Molzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, like Godzilla. Yeah. But you know, real clever. Super yeah. <laughs> clever. Um, you were and, 13.
1: Uh, <laughs> your excuse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I was like 21, but <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then so, like, she felt like I should be, you know, something else. And um, I'm tall and very outdoorsy. Yeah. Uh, so she, I'm, but I'm not hairy at all. So that's like the thing that doesn't, really play into it but
1: yeah you're okay. not balding so yeah yeah
0: yeah um yeah and so she just started calling me in and like i'll just start doing that oh, sasquatch.
1: It's a great- we, we like sasquatch yeah. I, 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 I we, we actually call each other sasquatch as well sometimes just because we're yeah. both tall and like you know if you're on a hike and you get that search oh
0: yeah <laughs> that, get yeah. that gate
1: that gate yeah <laughs> <laughs> Back you know at your partner on the trail, and you're just like, "That is a sasquatch moment,.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think I often joke sometimes, if Olivia's being a bit sassy, I'll say, "Hey, come on, sassy Sasquatch."
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Pet,
0: you pet know what? That's actually where it came from. I uh, was really? very sassy to her. Ah. So it was like a lot of other things that came into it one, but one, I yeah, it was a sassy thing. I forgot that out that's where it came from.
1: Yeah, high five. That's
0: yeah, Because yeah. that's what. What are you doing if you're not sassy? Like yeah. you got it. You gotta have fun with.
1: Sass it. is all right. Jesse likes it. He he yeah. jokes about it, but <clears throat> you you like it. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Keeps things interesting. You gotta press some buttons, right? Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs>
3: yes,
0: you do. Yeah, and not press the other ones. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> know which ones to press.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't press them all at once, like you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you? Let's see. I have to look. It is. I'm. I'm getting tired. I'm very sorry.
3: Yeah. What time but is it? There?
0: It <laughs> is 11:30. Yeah. I'm normally in bed by like 10. But
1: yeah. Let's press on.
0: No. Yeah. We we got this. I would just. I wasn't saying.
1: Take a moment. Take a moment. Do some deep breath. <laughs>
0: That felt good. Yeah. That's good. You guys are great. <laughs> so are you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're coming in Austin. Come on borders. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean just come on. Yeah, what? yeah. You you can quarantine at my house.
1: Yeah, that would be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um in the last 5 years, do you guys have a a change of belief or a habit that has improved your life?
1: That's a good one
0: yes
2: definitely um i think yes yes
1: yes 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 yeah. <laughs> like how thought. much change have we done over the past five years yeah, oh, yeah
2: you're right. it's like um, you
1: if you haven't have you been on planet earth like where I have know. you been living if you're not changing right now
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i think for me the big one is my sort of uh how do i say it? um my uh greeting initial greeting and Acknowledgement of the world of yoga and what yoga is all about. So I, I ended up doing a teacher training um, to become a, a yoga teacher. And ever since then, yeah, I've just my practice just is always shifting. And especially now with the Wim Hof method, doing that on a regular basis. So I, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of reaching a point now, as Olivia and I have discussed in more recent months of really taking that more applying these theoretical kind of historical teachings into my daily life which is something that all these teachings emphasize is you know if you can spend a week with your family then you're all good and you know that's kind of what i'm tapping into right now i think is is okay i've got some kind of practice in place which is the breathing doing the Wim hof but actually like can i incorporate all these practices and ethical concepts and philosophies into my daily life and actually Say, go for a walk with Olivia down to the shops and be mindful of my breathing, mindful of how I'm stepping with my feet, mindful of what I'm looking at, mindful of what I'm saying to Olivia or not saying. And I think that's the ultimate journey is actually being able to not just Mm. sit down for three hours and, you know, close my eyes and focus on my breathing, but actually realize there's a time and a place for that. But there's also a lot more importance in actually being grounded in the reality around us and actually Mm. saying, okay, I better step through that doorway and take that risk or not in some cases. Yeah, it's
1: like mindfulness in every day. Like I always tell Jassi like, you know, it's beautiful to have all these like practices, but if it doesn't improve you in the day-to-day, the here and now, like, is it worth it? Like, you know, if you're still like, you know, you think of like, maybe like an angry businessman stereotype, mm. right? And maybe he goes to his like one-hour yoga class a day. But if you're still being a dick to your employees and you're, you know, and you're still not seeing the bigger picture, like what was it all for? Like yeah. besides self-gratification, right?
2: Yeah. And one other thing I want to say before I pass that off to Olivia <laughs> is um I always come back to what Eckhart Tolle says, which is one conscious breath is a meditation. I think I might be paraphrasing it, but basically alluding to that idea. If you take one breath and you're fully aware of it, and 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 in the beingness of that breath, you are technically meditating. So I really love that, and I encourage people to check out Eckhart Tolle and what he has to say because his, his wisdom is completely, completely pure and infinite. You know, he's he's really tapping into the core of what. What being here in this three dimension is all about is just being in the present, which we all have our moments where it's challenging to be in the mm-hmm. present. But that's really what it's about—is you know,
3: <laughs> here we
2: are having a good chat and having a laugh and enjoying ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I wish we
1: were around. That'd be like, yes, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I think so. If, As background for Jesse and I, so we met in Canada um, and while we were living there, basically one day he got a call from his mom. Hey, I got a brain tumor and I need you to come home as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And so that really kind of turned our world upside down. Um, So like I was like, you know, Jesse's the only child, basically single mom situation. I was like, absolutely like get home. Like I was you know, fully supportive of that. And so like it was like 2 days later I think it was quite a quick turnaround was, you yeah, were just really like kind of days like
3: days
1: Yeah it was kind of like okay bye like I'm back to Australia I'll you know see you when I see you like we just didn't know like what that journey was going to look like and if she was even going to survive the surgery because when it's brain brain surgery it's like you know really high risk and so, yeah, we, we parted ways, and um, off he went. And yeah, that started our journey to eventually relocate there. So I think it was it six months later? So you ended up coming back yep. at one point once she had survived the surgery and things were kind of like settled, and she was like on the like treatment recovery phase. And then you came back for a brief it
2: was visit around the middle of twenty fifteen. Yeah, so basically. July,
1: yeah. And I, I, by then had
2: like, exactly five
1: years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I went out for one. So after he had been there a couple months, I went out for my first visit cause I'd never been to Australia and we were, we had only been dating for a bit, a year at that mm. stage. And so we were still in the like zone of like, what is this? Are we in this for the long haul? Like, do I want to like, you know, really relocate my life and you know, for you, you know, so we were navigating all of those questions, but um, I went out for a visit um, yeah, in May and that was my first time in the country and met his mom, met family and just like, yeah, just once again, like felt at home, loved it, like, you know, and and, and just knew that we had to be there for her. There was just no doubts about it. So we went back and you came back a few months later and we pack, packed up our life into suitcases yeah, moved and
2: everything. To moved,
1: moved everything, literally in suitcases. That's how we moved. We just got rid of everything. And. Yeah, moved there and then started that journey. And that was, I think, that experience for sure. Like that you just, it can't can't not change you, you know, Mm -hmm. when you go through something like that. Because, you know, I'd always been quite a spiritual person, but that really, like when you're dealing with life and death, like I think that's one of the greatest teachers because it really, I don't know, it holds up a a mirror to your own life and how you're living. And it it gets you thinking about all these big picture Mm -hmm. stuff but, like, well, if I were to go tomorrow, would I be happy with what what I've been doing and how I've been living? And, you yeah. know, because we're talking about someone, you know, Jesse's mom, she had just wrapped up, like, her business life in Sydney. Yeah. She was basically, yeah, a couple years before that, she has was just starting to enjoy retirement. She had moved up to the Sunshine Coast in Oz to look after her mom. And then all of a sudden the roles were changing and she was the one who needed caring. So, like, mm. you know. And that's, you know, that's a bitter pill to swallow, you know, when you've worked your whole life basically for this moment to just kind of sit back and relax. Yeah. And so I think just going through that journey with her and confronting, you know, the medical system and how we could go into a whole nother rabbit hole of, you know, that interesting journey, um, you know, and just seeing that firsthand about what, what that's, what that's like. It got us more serious about looking after our own health and well being and, um prioritizing you know spending time together you know because that's what's precious you know this you know each each one of us you know money comes and goes but at the end of the day like you know if you're not enjoying time with your partner with your kids or you know whoever you know your extended family like you know it's uh yeah you're you're really starting to miss out um so yeah that whole situation basically was a big 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 um growing process and learning process and shift Mm -hmm. for us.
2: Allowing for a lot of new, and I think that's part of probably what you're getting at because I think you're coming up to answering the question about what is it, new new habits, behaviours?
1: Yeah, well, it, it caused a lot of new habits and behaviours because, yeah, yeah. It, it just, yeah, you, you you have to look at everything you're you doing. Yeah, so that yeah. that's where like, I think we got more serious with our film as well, mm. you know, like the whole mindfulness side I had talked about before, you know, um, and, you know, with money too, you you know, you get a new perspective on money because for a lot of our time there, like I was the the income earner because Jesse was looking after his mom. So money was tight, you know, because he was a caregiver. And so, you know, you start, you know, thinking about, well, do I need new clothes or is that better spent on, you know, other things like, you know what I mean? And so
3: we
1: got big into like op shopping and like, you know, and like all all sorts of stuff, which are habits, thankfully that have stopped you know, which is, you know, I think great timing in the world, because when we are untangling a lot of these systems of oppression, we realize how much that is connected consumer culture.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's something I've always felt, but, you know, I think talk is cheap, right? It's one thing to say, oh, it's horrible. You know, I hate, you know, fast fashion. And it's another thing to actually go out every day and really be mindful about what you're bringing, you know, you know you're, know, you you're burning with your dollars, bringing back into the home and, yeah. and, yeah. So yeah. So that whole journey really, really, really shook us in a lot of different la- layers. But it's been great. I think, mm-hmm. as you know, horrible as a situation it, it, it was, and ultimately we did lose his mom, and that was you know a big, big uh, process. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, it's, you know, it's confronting when I had never been there with someone and watched them pass over before, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's. But it's also this is life. This is you know, it got us in touch with something that is so natural that why was it so confronting? It was a deep question that came out of it. And I realized you know, that, you know, we've, we've, um,
2: isolated the idea of death.
1: Yeah. There's a whole world around death that we just haven't, haven't really gotten comfortable with in, in kind of quote unquote, Western so- society. Cause a lot of other cultures ace it, you know, they, right. they know how to, to deal with it and to how to honor that person and how to farewell them and to mm. process it and support each other. And once again, they have community around it. And I think that's something that, um, is lacking in our yeah. current processes. So we thankfully, you know, had a overall, I think, okay experience with it, but it, yeah, it woke up a lot of these inner things that, you know, it, it's given us, I think, incentive to really build a future that fits with all these questions that we had to navigate mm-hmm. during that process, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's kind yeah. of hard to put it all into words, but yeah, we, we did a lot of soul searching, so to speak, during that time. And, and it led to long-term shifts in how we live like so both of us work part-time here in new zealand because we realize that our time together is priceless and a wage isn't you know yeah. um and travel is important to us especially while we don't have kids because we we would like to start a family eventually but um we're like now's the time just you know see see you know different places and learn more because that's what i always think travel is is an opportunity to learn and grow mm. and absorb and you know do do more yeah. of that self-reflection, you know, what do I like, what I don't like, what is, you know, um and yeah, just yeah, just see, you know, just see with your own two eyes. That's I think why anyone's into photography, right? Is it's it's you know just really gazing into what's out there, you know. And I think as photographers we like to um we try our best to kind of hoard some of those moments, you know what I mean? Like, you know, to cling on to them a little bit longer, right? You know? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so, so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I I think, you know, um, those difficult situations and those, those really, really rough situations, especially in Western culture, just doesn't want to deal with it. But like, yeah. we, we want to push that away. But the only way that we're going to progress is to, to dig it up and like, Be like we talked about before. Like, be confronted with it and and acknowledge it and like understand it. And you know, it's it's going to happen to all of us. Like, we're all going to have to deal with that. And like, some at a younger age than others. Yes. Um, But yeah, wow. That's that's awesome. And and so many people take the the opposite way. So like, good on you for for not for not going into the hole. That that so many people could.
1: Yeah. It's easy to slide there. And we it definitely tested us for sure. Like I'm not gonna act like we were able to like, you know, (laughs) meditate our way through the, you know, the rough patches. Like there was definitely times where we were we were tested, like our relationship was tested and our own mental health, you know, definitely like especially, you know, there's a lot of factors at play, like for both of us we were in a community that neither of us had like grown up in you had some you know some attachments oh, to yes. being there yeah. on visits and stuff but you know we we you know we didn't have the support network we were used to and you're confronted with stuff that you're just like you know we were what 20 24 25 at the time or whatever 20 you know which you know you're years. still trying to figure yourself out as an adult mm-hmm. at that stage and so we're being confronted with these big adult questions about you know like end of life plans and medical treatments and you know, and everything else coupled with, you know, staying afloat financially and everything else and working. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was a lot to navigate, but I think, uh, yeah, if it weren't for all these practices we talked about, we would have probably ended up in the hole. It's easy to just, you know, just say, nah, it's too hard. See you later. You know what I
2: mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the, the idea that comes to my mind is, you know, one different decision could have Send us on different trajectories. You know, we may yeah. not even be together right now. So it's kind yeah. of like I'm grateful for that. And it's yeah. it's I think sometimes it's so easy to overlook these really little things that actually equate to a much larger picture. You know, it's that whole butterfly effect idea. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think in our case, like you said, it's kind of fortunate that we were able to kind of like rise above it, and and it brought us together in many ways. Because it, oh yeah, you know, like I said, because it those situations when you're confronted with you know like death and and you know darkness sort of speak in your your day-to-day life it um you know it, naturally we would have long like philosophical discussions like you know what i mean especially yeah. like lifestyle we're living in this like cabin in the woods you know we're yeah. literally in this like you know like little bungalow in in a forest like we're basically on the buffer of a national park and so this was our social life is us hanging out having having long chats and contemplating trying not to, life trying and, not to lose
2: our minds being <laughs> kind of as almost as if we're the only people in the world and, and then giant spiders appearing yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah there was a lot of interesting bush creatures that would keep us yeah. <laughs> literally
3: yeah.
1: the size of my hand like oh. never seen them. like yeah we're talking like the, what they call them bird eaters there like yeah. they have
3: nah.
1: people talk about australia they they got some bugs like oh, yeah and you know, I thought growing up growing up in the tropics, I was I was used to bugs. Now they're different
3: uh, kind.
1: They're like mutant bugs there. Yeah, have <laughs> been Yikes. doing some bugs or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I well, I th- people. Oh, real <laughs> articulate right now, guys. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I, know, I feel like I'm starting to <laughs> mince words too.
0: <laughs> I think there's there's a misconception of. Either you fill your you know you go into alcoholism or or something like that to cope with mm-hmm. something, um, or you just do better things,
3: mm.
0: like you know um, but 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 both of those are habits, like yeah. everything is just a habit, and and you know it's easy to to fall into a bad habit because I think. Um I don't know. It's it's so much harder to be positive in mm-hmm. this world. Um uh, negativity is so quickly spread and positivity basically like hits one person then dies soon after them. Yeah. <laughs> like it is so hard to like spread positivity. Um yeah. which is but, what yeah. I try to do and like kindness and like that's my like two big things is like positivity and kindness. Um, and, and like, that's a habit that I'm like, I'm always conscious of how I'm trying to like talk to people and and do things like that. And so like, I think people forget that everything that we're doing is a habit. And like when, when you're, you're in difficult situations, like, are you going to pick a habit that is going to like not impact your life for the better? or are you going to pick a habit that is going to improve your life and like help you get through this difficult time? And like, yeah, it's just so, so good to hear that.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, a, it's like, you know, that um, Native American proverb that always seems to do its rounds on social media, but about the two wolves, right. You know, and, you know, choosing which one you feed, right. You know, there's mm-hmm. the good wolf and the bad wolf and, and it's yeah. so true because like you said, it's so easy to just, like I said, we could have easily just ended our relationship just, you know, too much stress too much you know there's always these factors in any dynamic right you know and you just say not not going to deal with it you know and yeah. just had his own you know um i don't want to say battles but Miscavings. you know <laughs> well no but you've struck you know he's had his struggles with mental health and other stuff like that and and i consider myself a very positive person so when you're with someone who's affected by that you know it can take its toll because you're just like you know like why can't you be you know more like <laughs> like you know what I mean and you just think like is it something I'm you know
2: what I mean yeah well I, I would you know thinking back to a, a circumstance that actually occurred for us today like I would almost say that um you know this is one of the big I think final reveals for us in our relationship you know like we're married now and it's kind of like when I think about um our journey together and moving forward it's like one thing I feel is like I'm still feeling a little held back by this part of myself, which as Olivia alluded to is related to my journey with mental health. Um, I had like I was, you know, diagnosed with depression at the age of I was like 17 years old. And I think, you know, now I'm sort of like whatever it is, over 10 years later, starting to really understand what that really represents and what that means. And sort of mm-hmm. I think just tapping into the identity around that, you know, the, you know, hallelujah, we live in this world around identity politics. And <laughs> I, I'm sort of looking at myself and saying, well, how can I? really get to the core of who I am because that's a huge part of my life that radically shifted who I was because I know at the time like you know going back to what we were saying before like I had these thoughts around suicide and I think we all in our own way step into this world and some of us end up being diagnosed in a certain way or not but you know we we all have our versions of this and I definitely feel like you know yeah we've got we've got to address those kind of I guess you could say these demons that we have within us, because that's really where the the nitty gritty work is, is like coming to terms with that and saying, am I just going to, am I going to look at this and say, I'm going to destroy that? Because that's kind of arguably the worst thing you can do. It's actually about like making peace with it and making friends with that part of yourself. And actually, as Olivia says to me, you know, reconcile, like, going to the core of who you are and reconcile that and, and we can actually move on. And I'm, I'm I'm really starting to feel that, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, like I said earlier, it's exciting and it's confronting all at the same time mm-hmm. and it's just maintaining that balance. So, yeah. Oh man.
0: <laughs> so good. We could so talk tonight
1: night with you, hey?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, I just, I often wonder like as I get older, um, I think back to like people that were my age, like when I was a kid, 30- year- olds, and the stuff that they would do, it mm-hmm. just blows my mind that they were adults. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, who are these adults that are doing? And I think, I, I think our generation has elevated, at, at, at least to like, I don't know, maybe, maybe just like the collective consciousness has elevated to a place where like most adults act like an adult now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like instead of like children. And I think, I think part of that comes from knowing themselves and knowing, um, knowing that, uh, I don't know, just being more aware of, of feelings or,
3: mm. um,
0: you know, just, I, I, yeah, there's plenty of instances of like people doing, things in my life that I'm like, you were an adult? That is is like 10-year-old behavior. Like when my child is 10 years old, I would be upset if he acted that way. (laughs) You know? Like Like, you were over 30. That's really a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a bummer for you. Like, Like I can get over whatever you did to me, but like, but for you as a person, like you're Oh, you're still so stunted. Yeah. A yeah.
1: Well, it's good to see that shows that true maturity though that we can see people like that where we feel like, yeah, they are coming from a place of lack of awareness or immaturity or whatever, however you want to label it and and not get riled up by it, but but see it as their, you know, character flaws or yeah. their lack of development or whatever and I think that's the true testament what's going on. Like, I think that's beautiful that we're seeing more of that, you know, because you know, we've been having a lot of big chats over you know this week and past couple weeks and just pretty much since everything's been going on but you know things like cancel culture and it's like so (laughs) to cancel someone right to just tell them to shut up go away see you later I don't want to have this discussion but the harder work comes from actually having a conversation or actually seeing someone for who they are and like I said the petri dish they grew up in Mm. and how that shaped their worldview and led them to that position you know and that's the mature perspective in my my world you know that's the that that's you know I I think there's more to gain from honoring that diversity we have right you know and seeing everyone for being on different points in the journey right rather than expecting everyone to be in the same boat at the same time and to Mm -hmm. you know be working together to row you know Mm -hmm. that's utopian concept, and I wish it were the case that you know the world would be a lot easier, you know, perhaps happier place if that were the case. But it's just it's just not how it is, and I don't think it's meant to be. You know, we're supposed to have this contrast because that's that's what diversity. nurtures growth. You know, yeah. how are you know all of us here, you know, chatting? How are we supposed to you know to grow and evolve if we're not challenged, you know, by our circumstances or surroundings?
0: Yeah, yeah, which which like kind of terrifies me too. Like whenever times are good, it's like, uh, I'm not progressing. Like I need, and then, and then there's like the dark parts of my mind that I'm like, okay, I need to create some badness so that I can like progress.
1: (laughs) No, you got to enjoy the good (laughs) while it's around because the good never lasts forever. That's the thing. And that's, that's, I think part of the, the, the mental health, um, social media connection as well as this idea that we want to glorify the good, Right. And only talk about and celebrate the good on, on social media. Obviously, well,
2: this, yeah. yeah, this ties into all the um, all the information out there around like you know the world of duality and polarity that we're in right now. So like it, it's very relevant to the whole cancer culture thing. Is it's just, like you can't just say it's good or bad. You've actually got to say well, why is it good or why is it bad? Or and then you actually have to start asking a completely different question around like well that's your perception of it. Yeah. Let's talk to the person <laughs> over here. They're going to have a very different understanding of morality. Right. Uh, when yeah that's where the maturity and the hard work comes in is it's like just because you're feeling all emotional and particular around this idea doesn't mean everyone else is going to feel that way and you know i think this yeah. all this stuff we're seeing all the black lives matter stuff is really more than ever before everything's come up at the surface and we're being given the opportunity to address it for what it really is yeah, let's yeah. have
1: a Conversation. Yeah. Let's yeah. really work work through this, you know, and it's not, it's not a you versus me, us versus them, mm-hmm. you know, left versus right issue anymore. Yeah. It, it can't be that yeah. that system's not sustainable. So yeah. The <laughs>
0: yeah. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird concept.
1: This is the, the hippie granola culture coming up again. I know. Right? I know.
0: I know. So, well, there's, well, there's so much talk about inclusivity in and, and yet, or like you know, like we're all, what is it? What is it? coexists? That, yes. that bumper sticker we've all yes. seen, maybe. <laughs> um. So like, but but a lot of people that would have that bumper sticker, I'm sure, would be like a part of the cancel culture.
3: Yeah. And I'm mm. sorry
0: if you guys have the coexist bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are not. Sorry, <laughs> so we're, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no bumper stickers in this house. Yeah. <laughs> But But, I know the one you're talking about, yes.
0: Right. And and I think that that goes to like saying one thing and not doing it. And there's hypocrites everywhere. Um, But like the real inclusivity is having hard conversations. It's not this utopia where we're all just like coexisting in a peaceful world. Like there has to be some like debating, heated debating and like, understanding and reconciling things. So
1: really sharing yeah. of ideas the way I look at it, mm. you know, because yeah. no, no one has all the answers period. You know, I always go back to the metaphor that I really believe we each have kind of like a piece of the puzzle, right. You know, and something you know, and as we put more puzzle pieces kind of in place, it gets easier to solve the bigger picture. Right. You know, but yeah, we can't, we can't just yeah rely on one, you know, one perspective, one narrative, you know, and that's what we've seen in history, which a lot of people are reconciling, right? You know, the history books have been flawed because they paint you know a certain picture. And so we're thankfully aware enough because we have um, this beautiful thing called the internet that a lot of us can yeah. self get other perspectives. and imagine if we lived in a world where we didn't have that. and and for some people, that is the reality. You think of you know, internet restrictions in places like China and perhaps other countries. They're only told one narrative. And so when we, we when we con- um, when we allow this cancel culture, to me it's it's you know, it is a form of censorship and, and as, oppression. And oppression. And as much as we might see the short term benefits of if someone's saying something we don't agree with, why should they speak up? Well, it builds I always think we can't have double standards. So anything that you allow, you also have to realize that can be used against you. So imagine, you know, you're here, you know, saying, you know, blacks, black lives matter and they deserve, you know, fair and equal treatment and justice. But if you're in the minority camp, well, cancel culture could hit you as well, you know, and that's what happened in the past. You know, so we have to remember that these tools of oppression, so to speak, you know, they kind of, you know, they come around. And so I'm always a big believer, like everyone has the right to say what they think, but there's a difference between, you know elevating what they say because that's one of the issues we have in society right now is elevating the voices of people who perhaps we don't need to celebrate what they're saying or circulate it or give them any more attention we're really good about that in society you know putting the wrong people on (laughs) pedestals
3: yeah
1: that's something that you know we have the power collectively you know as a major, you know as a mass of people to you know make sure we're investing our time and energy celebrating the people that do matter and that are putting forward you know positive and and um you know, I don't know, relevant. U- useful, rele- relevant, you know, opinions and ideas, you know, so it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a big topic and it's definitely a, a, a sensitive one. But, yeah, we have to, yeah, I think we need, like you said, more of these kind of long, long-form discussions and let's, let's have a chat. Let's navigate that. What does that look like, you know?
2: I'd love yeah. to see the statistics around... People listening to podcasts and this kind of material online because I reckon it's gone to the roof.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, what, I, do Masons doing? It he wouldn't <laughs> be doing it if no one's <laughs> listening, right?
0: <laughs> I might. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just to hang. Yeah, yeah. I really do believe in podcasts, and I think, I think the the fact that nobody, well, I mean, I guess. This, this is on iTunes, it's on you, know, these platforms, but really, I could put them anywhere. I have a blog that I, I host them on, so like, I own that. And like, there's something to there's no algorithm that can change. Like, when I post this, it goes up and people can listen to it, and yeah. nobody's going to change that. And it's just a, it's a really special. Well, it really shouldn't be that special. That's what the internet should be, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> like not worried about some algorithm not showing what you've spent hard time, hard time, <laughs> hard work. You Best know, in,
1: time and energy on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, so, and it's not a matter of how many even likes you get or shares, or you know, it's purely yeah. for the love of exactly that—having a conversation and yeah i yeah. think that's yeah something that a lot of a lot of um creators have lost sight of yeah. you know the, the intent behind why are you creating right you know is, are you creating for yourself or are you creating for other people to consume it yeah uh, you know are you creating for a profit you know you want to sell your stuff you know it's yeah there's a right. lot of different intentions and i think that's why social media has gotten kind of so tricky is because a lot of us are on on for different reasons, right? There's the people Mm -hmm. there who want to sell stuff. There's people there who just purely want to like share their work and like engage. There's people who want to like learn from other people and connect, you know, and it's it's one big mixed bag. So that's why it's nice to have these little niche communities that you can kind of tap into and find your people, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of going back to podcasting and in it 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 truly is free. Like like you said, it depends on like what my intention is with it. Yeah. Um, and that that kind of dictates what your voice is going to be, and my voice is just going to be raw and open and like honest because that's that's what I'm like trying to cultivate in the world is yeah. some honesty and openness. What a uh,
1: concept, hey?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird, right?
1: Yeah, you're not hyper curating yourself right now, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: I can't, I can't say that, that that clashes with my feed.
0: <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned that because <laughs> because it's dark and most of the time I do it in the light. I do have I do have this this like oval light
3: oh, that i yeah. uh,
0: to like, which is is also known in the like TikTok world as like the beauty light.
1: The beauty light. I was just going to say that's very influencer of you to have that.
0: <laughs> I did not buy it. My wife bought it. Um,
1: <laughs> I feel influenced just knowing that you own one now. Well, <laughs> I need to go and buy one.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's. to be honest, it's for like uh, long, uh, whatever it is, time lapses of her painting. So it, it has a camera mount in there and then you like, you know, mount your phone in there and whatnot. Yeah, it, so it has anyway. a. Per- She's not. She's not vain at all, guys. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) I am because I'm using it (laughs) as a light. You know, it's just better than it's. It it allows you guys to see me.
1: I think the light. You You look very like dewy. I think that's one of the words they. Yeah, like (laughs) it could be weather, but you just look. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm sweating too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're like you know drying crusty we have like winter skin going on so yeah thank goodness there's not gonna be a video hey
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah ah okay well let's be done with this
1: yeah this has been awesome thank you again yeah
0: thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you want to follow jesse he is at Pure JWBD on Instagram, and Olivia is pure Olivia, and that is with an A. Or there's links in the show notes. I am at Sasquatch Mansfield. This podcast is the film photography podcast on Insta. And our wisdom this week comes from Man Ray, who said, There is no progress in art any more than there is progress in making love. There are simply different ways of doing it. Till next week, guys, be well, do good work, stay disciplined. Cheers.